So today, um, I felt inspired to really talk and preach about Mass, the Mass, and it's in, in its simplicity and in its grandeur. It's powerful in its symbolism, it's powerful in the signs, it's powerful in, in the sacraments that God has shown us in a physical way, but then there's also the simplicity of Mass and, and the, the, the pain of what Jesus went through on the cross. It's the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and we need to be focused on that reality that Jesus has already done the work that Jesus has already saved us. It doesn't mean that it's just a get out of hell free card. It, it, this is a response of love on our part to walk with him and to follow him and to let him forgive us on the journey as we sin and fall short in love. But reality is on the cross, he said, it is accomplished, it is finished, it's done. He has saved us. This is the truth. And the Father has called us back to himself in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and Our Lady was right there at that cross. This is the beautiful coming of Christ that Father Chris was talking about on Sunday, that you have the, the birth of Christ, you have the waiting for Christ in glory at the end of time, but then there's also in the middle, there's Christ in our midst. Christ said, I'll be with you always. And we see this in a very special way in the Eucharist, the Eucharistic host, which is not bread anymore. It's truly his body and blood. Let us just ask ourselves for a moment, whether we're here in the shrine or we're watching on live stream, or you're gonna see this 10 hours from now or two years from now on the, online, if it's still there, do I believe truly that the Eucharist is really Jesus Christ. I could answer quickly and say, yes, that's what I was always taught. Okay, fair enough. I know the answer to put on an exam if it's asked of me, but if I'm asked in my heart by the Lord, right, who do you say that I am? Do you believe that that's really me? Do I? Do I? This is a wonderful question to ask ourselves because then if it's truly him, and we're the ones in this church, Christ's church, the Catholic church, and those who have the sacrament of the Eucharist, I can't go anywhere else. This is what Jesus asked St. Peter when tons of his disciples in John 6, as Jesus is giving the bread of life discourse and teaching about his body and his blood that you must eat if you want to have life in you. And then many left, and they had seen his miracles. A miracle doesn't save us. They had seen his miracles, and they walked away from the Christ. Maybe they came back later. That is possible. I don't know. I hope so. But we know in that moment, and he let them walk away. He did not force them to stay there. And then he turns to the apostles, will you also leave? And it's Peter. Peter the first pope, the leader of the 12, says, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Even if I feel like leaving, where am I going to go? There is no other way to eternal life. I have to stay here. Where am I going to go? Even if I think this teaching is wild and it's hard to understand and wrap my mind around it, where am I going to go? If you say, 
that this is your body and blood. If you say that I have to eat this to have eternal life, if you say I have no life within me unless I eat of your flesh, I'm not going anywhere else because I want to live. I was made for life. My God is the God of the living. And that's what I believe. And what a reward of his faith and their faith, because at the Last Supper, Christ gave it to them in sacramental form. Looking, smelling, tasting, feeling, even sounding like bread as it's broken. But it wasn't bread anymore. That's the miracle. When we come to Mass, we sing or we have an entrance antiphon to begin the Mass, a beautiful words or song to begin. And then what do we say? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's how I'm beginning the prayer. This is what God has taught us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is how I begin. And then the priest says, the Lord be with you, or the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, or one of those introductions. How powerful. The Lord be with you. This is reality. And then you respond, and I'm grateful that you respond, and with your spirit, because I need the Lord too. And with your spirit, the priest can share a few words on a Sunday or a feast day, we have the Gloria, we sing glory to God in the highest, which the shepherds would have seen on that first night, the, the nativity of Christ with the angels were giving him glory with the angels and the saints. Before that, we ask for pardon and mercy. We're cleansed, we say glory to God in the highest, and then there's the opening prayer, the collect. And the priest pauses for a brief couple seconds to gather his mind and his heart for the intention that he's offering this Mass for. To really be united with Jesus. And as he then has that prayer crystallized, he opens his arms in prayer and says that prayer. And then we have readings. As Philip read, the words of God. God's Word, the Scriptures. And then God puts the words into our own mind and heart that we could respond to him with the word of God. God has spoken. We have heard him in the first reading. And then he gives us the words to respond as children to our Father. On Sundays and solemnities, we have a second reading. And then we sing Alleluia for most parts of the year. Not during Lent, but for most parts of the year, we sing Alleluia. Because we're about to hear now from the gospel, from the life of Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And we did today. This is reality. This is not just any word written. This word is alive. It's effective. What it says, it does. It doesn't return to God void. When we hear in these scriptures, even be healed, we can ask the Lord, I want healing. I want those alive words to have effect in my life. I want to be healed. 
not just of my physical illness, but of my spiritual illness, of my spiritual blindness, of my spiritual deafness, of my spiritual muteness that doesn't let me be able to speak and evangelize because I'm mute. I have nothing to say. Unmute me, Lord. Open my mouth. Put the words in my mind, in my heart, and give me the firepower to proclaim it for your glory, not for my glory. I'm a sinner. For your glory, you saved me. I need to tell people about what you have done for us. You're the hero. You saved us. And after the homilist gives his offering and explanation and exhortation of the scriptures or of the liturgy or of the saint of the day, we have intercessions. If it's a Sunday, we have before that, we profess our faith as a community, as a body of believers. It's not just saying words. I'm saying this is my life. This is what I believe. I believe in God. I believe in one God. And I give my profession of faith with the whole body of believers. This is reality. I better mean what I'm saying. And if I don't, I need to get a heart check with Jesus and ask him to heal me. Because if I'm saying I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and I don't, I've got a problem because I'm lying to God. We all have struggles. We have battles with doubts, but it's, it's a different than saying, I do not believe. There's a big difference in saying, I struggle, I have moments, but I'm trying. And that's very different than, I just don't believe this is the church. Well, then I don't profess with my heart. It's just with my lips. And this is a big problem. We have to ask the Lord to heal us. Then we have intercessions. We begin praying for the world, the church, our governments, our government leaders, our communities, our own intentions, the deceased, the souls in purgatory who can't pray for themselves. We're praying for them. And then after that is all done, we're moving into the liturgy of the Eucharist. Oh my goodness all of that beautiful preparation to culminate in the true offering in a sacramental form of what Jesus did on Good Friday. This is the real deal. This is not just a memory from the past. This is not just a symbol. It is a memory. It is symbolic. But it's not just mere memory mere symbolism. This is the real presence of the Christ who offered himself in our midst, the power and the grace of Good Friday of what he did on that cross is made present here. That's why the angels are adoring. If we saw what the angels were doing, we'd be pretty humbled. It would make us think twice of how do I walk into church? How do I dress when I go to church? How do I genuflect? If I can't genuflect with bad knees anymore, how do I reverence 
the Lord? Do I even know where the Lord is? Do I know he's in the tabernacle? Do I know what I'm genuflecting to? Or am I just remembering what I did in second grade that I'm supposed to genuflect when I enter a church? But why? Well, because the king is here. And that's why we go down on a right knee. Because the right knee is for a king. This has real meaning. He's the king of the universe. He's the king of my life. I go down on my right knee to say, you are the king, not me. You let me share in your kingship, but I'm not the king. You're the king. Oh, my goodness. And the king died for me. And now humbly allows himself to be held by a priest who killed him too with his sins and to raise his blood that flowed in his veins and was poured out because he loves us because his father asked him to do it. Jesus did what Adam did not do. Jesus really listened and obeyed his father. And now out of love, out of compassion, out of mercy, he says, I want you to have this again. I want what has been from the beginning. I want you to be children. I want you to know your Father. I want you to see how much God loves you. And yes, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he struggled with that human nature. And he battled against the evil one. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich had vision of the Garden of Gethsemane. She said, demons everywhere, and Satan in a kind of prime spot, taunting our Lord in the garden. And tradition says that the Garden of Gethsemane was the most, the greatest assault from the evil one on Jesus. He was trying to get him to crack to not say yes, because then we're in big trouble if the Messiah at some point says no to us. And Jesus went through it. So when we receive his body and his blood, whatever struggles that we're going through, we have to understand that Jesus battled through the worst of the worst and got through it with a human nature. And now let's us share in the victory of that risen body, his humanity, his soul, and his divinity. St. Peter was the one who wrote that we are partakers of the divine nature. St. Peter, the one who said, where else would we go? St. Peter, who received the Eucharist, and died for our Lord. Saint Lucy, who we celebrate today, who received the Eucharist and died for our Lord, and has been honored and has been placed in the first Eucharistic prayer among other saints, Saint Lucy. Just a young lady who gave her life for Jesus because she believed in his goodness and love and let him live his life through her to show and manifest to the world that God is still alive 
and God still loves us, and God still, through his saints, lays down his life, so to speak. And when that's all done, and all those prayers are said, the priest and the people receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord, the God of the universe, the only God, the only God. We sit, we purify the altar, we thank the Lord, because Eucharist means in Greek, thanksgiving. The celebration of the Eucharist is the celebration of thanksgiving because what else, what more could we be thankful for than rotten sinners are healed and made pure and alive again and cleansed and forgiven and can go to heaven? And here we're all, we access the grace of our salvation. What could I say except thank you? I didn't do this, Lord. It's being given to me. I didn't do this. I didn't deserve it. What can I say? Thank you. I don't know what else to do. Show me, Lord. This is the celebration of thanksgiving. And after those moments of quiet and thanksgiving, there could be a song, a meditation, a communion song to help us enter as humans into the reality of what God is doing to meet us as humans with his body, blood, soul, and divinity of his son, Jesus of Nazareth, we go into the closing prayer, and then there's a final blessing. After all of that is done, after all of the, the prayers, after all of that, God gives us a blessing and then says, go forth, go forth. I give you my power. I give you my Holy Spirit. My son is living in you, and I am your father. And I'm saying, children, go forth. Go out those doors, and now shine the light of Christ upon a hurting people. You know the risen Savior. You know the Messiah, the prophets of the Old Testament. So many of them didn't even get to see him and hear those beautiful words the way you do. Go. They longed. They longed for this, and you have it. And this is why St. Faustina says at the end of the diary, if the angels could envy us, like a holy envy, they would envy us for two things. For suffering, the reason because God has glorified it in Jesus. It's so powerful because he saved us through the suffering of his cross. How powerful. They, could env they would envy us for that, suffering, the ability to suffer with Jesus and for Eucharist. The angels cannot receive the Eucharist. Let us really celebrate today as if this was our first Mass, as if this was the only Mass, as if this were our last Mass. And how would I receive my Lord, my Messiah, the Christ, into my body, if this was my first, my only, or last Mass. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.